welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. We've been um, journeying through the book of John. Feels like it's been for about 4,000 generations, but we're still going. It's good. It's fine. Dan thinks I'm cranky that we're still in John. I'm not cranky about that at all. Great book of the Bible. Happy to still be preaching about it. I didn't know that we were still preaching about it, to be honest. He said, oh, don't forget you're preaching this weekend. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want me to preach on? He's like, John 15. It's written all there. Keep up. I'm like, righto. John 15 it is. Here we are. Actually, before we start, while the kids are still trying off, Tanya Goodwin, it's your birthday today. Happy birthday. Hannah Perry-Sami, it's your birthday today. Happy birthday, beautiful Hannah. Is it anyone else's birthday today? Just those two beautiful women. Awesome. Actually, before we start, there's a lot of um, distraction in my brain today, as you can tell. I actually want to pray for Lily O'Connor this morning. Beautiful Lily. Come here, Lil. I would, don't worry about your cord hanging out, that's all right, we know it's from your bass playing. I would lay my hands on you, but my hands are so cold it might send you like to Antarctica because they are so freezing. But this, I love Lily so much. We just actually went away on holidays with Lily and her family and the peacocks. We had such a great time. She did such a good job helping look after my children, freed me up to not have to look after them as much, which was really nice, gives me a break as well. And Dan, as you know, with Oliver, He's attached to Dan, so it gave Dan a little break um, as well, which was really lovely. Such a beautiful girl. I remember the day actually getting a phone call when we lived in Austral from Carissa to say that she was pregnant. I remember the day I got a text message from Carissa saying that this little girl had been born and going in to visit her in the hospital. And what a delight has been, obviously she's not... 105 yet, but she's nearly a teenager and a delight to watch her grow. She's such a wonderful, wonderful person. She is so kind and loving. She loves the Lord. And I just wanted to declare this is what I heard, just really simple this morning, but and it goes really goes for everybody, but especially for those who are younger in age, in teenage years, in late childhood kind of years. As you know, as you enter into teenagehood, it's also about a discovery about who you are, about the gifts that you've got, about the person that you are, about who you are and your place in the world, your place in your peers and all of that kind of stuff. And Lil, I just, when you're playing bass, blessed my heart. I was like, man, what skills are in this family to be able to be 12 years old playing in a main service with a bass? It's absolutely unreal. But I heard the Holy Spirit say, the more you know Jesus, the more you'll know yourself. And as you search to discover who you are, your gifts, your talents, your place in this world, there's lots of places that you could search for understanding about who you are. But the more you know Jesus, the more you'll know yourself because your true identity is found within Him. It's not found, your friends might be the best friends in the whole entire world. And I hope they are because you deserve friends who treat you well. But your identity is not found in your friends. Your identity is not found in social media. It's not found on Netflix, on YouTube, although those things are totally fine and have their place. Your identity is found in Him. And when you understand that your identity is in Him, the world will try and tell you who you are and the world will try and tell you who you're not. But the truth is found in Him and His Word. So as you 
travel through your teenage years as you wonder, is this for me? Is this who I am? Always bring it back to the Word of God because that's, that's the mirror. As you look within that, the reflection of it should be who you are. And as you look in it, you say, oh, your friends might say you're this. As you open your Word, the Word might say you're actually the total opposite. And you might go, well, who do I believe? You always go back to the Word because that's the ultimate truth. So we're gonna stretch our hands towards Lily this morning. Father, I thank You for this incredible girl that our church loves with her whole heart, a daughter of the house. Father, we just bless her today. Father, I pray for an understanding of who she is in You, not who she is found in this world because that will never satisfy the questions. The questions will still continue when we search in the world. But when we search in You, Lord, when we search in Your Word, we can be fully convinced that that is truth that although at the time we might not believe it, if we continue to believe that that is the truth of what you say of who we are, then we know that our character continues to grow into that. So Father, we just bless her today. We thank you for the gifts and the talents that you've put upon her, the gifts and talents that she's already serving your house with. We pray that you would honour her in her bed at night as she goes to sleep, speak to her heart, Holy Spirit. You know, even at this young age, Lily, you have the ability to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You have the ability to hear His prompts and His leading and His guidance. And I just declare that you will hear that even as you lay in your bed at night when it's quiet and all you're hearing is the cows mooing outside your bedroom window. I just declare that you'd hear His voice telling you that He loves you, that He cares about you, that He carries you within the palm of His hand. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you, Lil. And that hair. Love that hair. All right, back to John. John 15, Jesus, the true vine is what we're up to. Let's read uh, the passage this morning and then we'll go from there. John 15, 1 to 8. This is in the message version. It says, I am the real vine and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. And every branch that is grape bearing, he prunes back so it will bear even more. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken. Live or other translations say abide or remain in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourself at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my Father shows who He is. When you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. You know, today I wanna emphasise three people, not all people, beings, God, three things that I see very clearly um, as written here by John. I wanna emphasise today about Jesus, who is the real vine or the true vine. I wanna talk about the Father, who is the farmer. And I wanna talk about you and I, who are the branches this morning. You know, as we start off and as we read, it says, I am the real vine. Jesus is walking through um, a vineyard with His disciples. 
And this is the, one of the last messages that Jesus is, you know, talking about this parable that he's sharing about with his disciples before he enters into a, a phase where he's going to the cross. And so as they're walking through the vineyard, he's giving them this message about who he is and about who they are and about who the Father is. And he's making this declaration about himself. And as we read through the book of John, before we get to John 15, Jesus has already declared who he is. He's already given some examples about who he says that he is. In John 6.35, he says, I am the bread of life. In John 8.12, he declares about himself that I am the light of the world. In John 10.7, he says, I am the gate. In John 10.11, he says, I am the good shepherd. In John 11.25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. In John 14.6, he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. And here in John 15.1, he says, I am the true vine. He's declaring who he is. He's declaring about his character. He's declaring about who the disciples can trust in. And here he says, I am the true vine or I am the real vine. The word true or real kind of indicates that there are false and there are fake of something. You know, I hope that my wedding ring is real. I'm not too sure. I hope it is. I hope it wasn't the, the budget $2.51 out of the, um, you know, those little claw machines that you pick up and this fell out. Even if it was, babe, so sentimental. I actually thought when we got back from holidays, I thought I had left it at the holiday because I take it off all the time. I can't, I don't wear a lot of jewellery. And so I take my ring off all the time. I don't wear it to work, washing my hands, that. I just kind of leave it around, but I know where I've left it. Um, and so Dan had said, oh, don't forget your rings up on the windowsill when we were leaving. I was like, oh, okay, cool, on the windowsill. And I did put it on, but when we had gotten home, I had taken it off and forgotten that I had even worn it back from the holidays. So I looked down and I did the big, <gasps> and I was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I think I've left my wedding ring at the house. I was about to call Carissa to say, can you call the Airbnb host and tell them that I've left my ring there? But I didn't and I had, I had bought it home. But I hope that this is real. I hope it's not fake. And Jesus was, was saying about himself that I am the true vine. You know, in the Old Testament, a vine represented the people of Israel. In Jeremiah 2, it, um, it talks about God planting Israel as the vineyard and as the vine to spread throughout all of Israel. And talked about how He cleared the rocks, how He worked the soil, how He planted them, how He did everything to gently water them and care for them. But it talked about Israel's rebellion, about how they refused to consistently follow God and how God removed the barriers that He had placed around them to protect them because they wouldn't follow Him. And how they were... Um, the grapes that they produced were allowed to be eaten by wild animals and, and all of this. So Israel was the original vine and the disciples would have known that. So Jesus comes along and says, there once was a vine, it was Israel that I had planted. But now I'm declaring about myself that I am the true vine. I am the real vine. The people of Israel tried to do it in their own strength. They tried to do it in their own way. They tried to be a self-sufficient people. But He, Jesus, declares that once you are connected with Me, I become the source of everything, of your whole life, of every ounce of nourishment that you need. 
it comes from me. Because of the cross, because of what I am about to endure for you and for your sake, you no longer have to be self-sufficient people. You no longer have to live under an old covenant and under an old law. You no longer have to strive in your own strength and your own energy to get things done. You no longer have to work for your own salvation. There is a new way. There is a true vine. There is a real vine that is already planted, that is already secure, that cannot be uprooted. He can never be uprooted. He can never be destroyed. He can ne- no drought can break him. No flood can break him. Nothing can break him. He is forever planted. He is forever righteous. He is forever good. And he in this story in John 15, he is the one that we are meant to abide in. He's the one that we are meant to stay connected with. He is the true vine. You know, there are lots of false vines. And this morning I wanna challenge you with the question, what are you abiding in? You know, we're meant to be abiding or remaining or making our home, living in Him. And the fruit that the branches produce are evidence of what they are connected to. You know, an apple tree should produce apples and an orange tree and a nectarine tree, they should all produce their own fruit based off what they are connected to. And your fruit is evidence of what you are connected to. So even as you think about your own life and your own story this morning, think about the fruit that you are producing. It will give you an indication of what you are abiding in. Are you abiding in the true and the real vine, which is Jesus? Or are you abiding in a vine that's not actually of Him? Because He is the true vine. And if we are connected to Him, if we remain in Him and make our home in Him, the evidence of the fruit that we produce will be so wonderful. And it won't be, you know, we we read these stories sometimes and we put pressure on ourselves to constantly be producing. You know, a, a grapevine like this is not constantly producing. It has its seasons, it has its winters where no fruit is being produced. But it doesn't mean that it's dead. It doesn't mean that it's over. It doesn't mean that the story has finished. It means it's preparing for a new season. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're looking at your life and going, I love Jesus. I'm reading my Word. I'm doing what I feel is right. But I don't feel like I'm producing a whole lot. It's okay this morning. Maybe you're in a preparation season where where pruning is taking place and we're going to read about that in a minute. Maybe the father, the farmer, The vine dresser is at work in your life. You know, I was so taken back reading this um, story because I think, or parable, as I've often read it, I've often focused on Jesus and that's, you know, that's what we should focus on. But the job of the father or the farmer or the vine dresser or a word that's really hard to say, the husbandman, husbandman. Feels like I should be saying the ob ombudsman or something like that. It feels like the wrong words coming out. The, The role that he plays just really grabbed my attention and grabbed my heart today. In John 15 too, this is the amplified version. It says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, talking about the Father. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly, repeatedly prunes so that it will bear more fruit even richer and finer fruit. You know, pruning is difficult. 
If you're the thing being pruned, it's difficult. The poor trees, they don't have feelings. Does anybody ever feel sorry for things that don't have feelings? Yes, it's not just me. Like you feel sorry for like the last bit of cereal left in the box or something. You're like, oh. And then you just throw it away because it's all the crunchy bits that get stuck in your throat, make you want to cough for about 15 hours. I go, oh, I feel that box has been in there for like six months waiting its whole life to be eaten and now we've thrown it away, the poor little thing. But obviously the tree is living, but it doesn't have feelings. And pruning can seem painful, it can seem harsh, and it can seem really unnecessary. If you've ever gone through a season of hard pruning, you think, why me? We were coming back from holidays and Ivy had gotten an ear infection on our holiday. Um, She wasn't feeling 100% in the car and then we were out in Oberon, so coming back down the mountains through the winding road, she's like, was getting a bit car sick. She was sitting there with a Woolies bag anticipating the vomit. And so she starts to, anything about vomit, oh, I remember as a kid I was the same. So she had begun to cry and she was crying about feeling sick and about hearing, having an ear infection. So she starts saying, why does this happen to me? Why? And I'm like, it's not the worst thing that could happen. <laughs> Uh, of all the things, and I said, that's, unfortunately, it's life. Time and chance happens to us all, life happens to us all. You get sick today, your friend's sick tomorrow, you know, everybody has their turn of feeling car sick, you know, it's not, it's not a big thing. But when you're actually walking through a season of hardship, of pruning, we can kind of develop this attitude of why me? God, why me? And this morning I want to say, because He loves you. He prunes and he tends to that which he's attached to, which is love. If he didn't love you, he would let you grow wild and you would overtake yourself and you would eventually probably choke yourself. But he loves you so much that he prunes you, that he takes care of you. That is why. You know, I don't know much, we've talked about this before, I don't know much about gardening. But so I looked up why it's necessary to prune things. It says here on this gardening page that in addition to support, pruning grapes, and this is, we're talking about the grapevine, is a vital part of their overall health. Regular pruning is essential for producing quality fruit yields. Let's, oh, hang on a second. It says grapes should be pruned during their dormancy, usually in late winter. When it comes to pruning grapes, the most common mistake people make is to not prune hard enough. Light pruning doesn't promote adequate fruiting, whereas heavy pruning produces the greatest quality of grapes. You know, I look back in seasons of my life, I look back probably on one of our hardest seasons in trying to have ivy, where I was the same thing. I would have days where I was saying to God, why do you hate me? Why Why would you withhold this from me? Of all the things I could be asking for, It's like I'm asking for a Lamborghini. I'm asking you for a child. Why would you withhold from me a child? And it seemed painful. It didn't seem painful. It was bitterly painful. It seemed harsh and it seemed unnecessary. But I was talking with someone not long ago saying that that season of pruning in my life, which was the worst season that we had walked through, is still producing fruit in my life. It was so difficult at the time. And I wondered where the father and the farmer and the vine dresser was. And I wondered why the shearers, is that what they're called? Pruners, let's say pruners. I don't even know if that's a word. I wondered why the pruners were so hard and seemed so harsh. 
why God seemed a million miles away, why I seemed so hurt by him and so disappointed by the farmer. What I didn't realise at the time was the pruning was hard, but the fruit it was producing in me was going to yield for season after season after season after season. And even now when we walk through difficult times, we still look back at that, that time where God delivered us, where God redeemed us, where it seemed like God had forsaken us, but in His faithfulness, He was still there. And He was pruning us and He was shaping us and He was making sure that He was pruning us far enough back so that when the next season came and the next season came, that there would be fruit that was good quality. There is character in me now that wasn't there when, that was, when I was being shaped. But it took place so that I could have that character now, so that I could have that fruit in my life now. You know, the fruit from the winter seasons can still be produced. And I want to encourage anyone today who is walking through a winter season, who feels like they are being pruned and stripped bare. You know, even when we went away on holidays, it's so cold in Oberon, like bitter. And you look around at the trees and there's nothing on them and they're bare and they're barren. But soon enough, when the warmer weather comes, they come back to life. And to everyone who feels stripped back and bare today, to everyone who's going, God, why are you pruning me so much? There is hope. There is a new day. There is warmer weather on their way and there is fruit And honestly, there is faith being produced in you. The faith that I have now, even when I walk through difficult seasons and that that still take an emotional toll on me, they do not jeopardise my faith. And I can still praise Him even in the the winter seasons. You know, later we're going to go back to that song, The Goodness of God. And I want us to declare it here this morning that God has always been good to us. Even when we haven't been able to see it in our flesh, in our humanity, when we have gone, man, God, you've, you've let me down here. Let the song and the echo of all of our days be that He has been good to me, that He has been faithful, that He has been a good vine dresser who has tenderly cared for me. In Jeremiah 18, one to six, it says, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as he, as shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you Israel as the potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. And this is God, our master, working us into shape, working us to be mature disciples, working us so we can bear fruit. And the purpose of fruit is for your health and your vitality. But the purpose of a fruit tree is that others can pick from it as well. When you go fruit picking, you don't pick the fruit and leave it at the tree. This is your fruit tree. You take it and you enjoy it. Other people should be able to pick from the fruit that you are producing. They should be able to pick your wisdom. 
They should be able to pick your um, energy from God. They should be able to pick the Word of God that should live so deeply within your heart. So here is the potter, he's moulding the clay and he's moulding it as he sees fit. We need to trust that God has a plan for us. We need to trust that He has a way that He seems fit, might not seem fit to us. And oftentimes when we're going through hard season, it doesn't seem right to us. It doesn't match up. It doesn't seem to work out. But let's trust Him to do the work that He sees fit. Let's trust that our lives are in the potter's hands, that we are clay, that we will not resist the moulding, the forming, the shaping and the pruning that we will praise Him and offer thanksgiving continually, trusting that He is good and that He's working on our behalf. The last area, <clears throat> sorry, that's a bit gross, isn't it? <laughs> Coughing into the microphone. Is us this morning, the branches. Our job as the branches is to become mature by abiding in Him or remaining in Him and bearing fruit. You know, one of the, this was, as I mentioned before, one of the last messages that Jesus was giving to His disciples. And they knew that His time was coming. And Jesus knew that they knew that. So He was leaving. Would they leave as well? Would they be too confronted? Would they be too scared? In His leaving, would they be leaving too? So he's giving them this message, I'm going, but abide. You've got to stick it out. It might not be easy, might be tough, but you have to remain. I will give you the Holy Spirit to help you, but you must remain. You must abide. And I know during lockdown, I shared this um, story on live stream about the, the time that mum and I were at my house and Ivy had this seizure and went blue and wasn't breathing and my fight or flight reflex was to run. I don't know why. So I picked her up. Mum was ringing the ambulance. I picked her up and I ran down the street screaming. I don't know where I was going. I don't know who was down the street or who was going to help me. There was no one there. But that was my reaction to run. And sometimes when we're confronted with hard situations in our life, we want to run too. We want to jump ship. We want to say, this is too hard, this Christian life. I can't make it. But the message today is to remain, stick it out, connect with Him like super glue, where you cannot be broken off by any wind, by any wave, by any circumstance, that you cannot allow anything to disconnect you from Him. He is the source. I just think to myself, why now would I want to be connected to anything else? Everything else in some capacity, even great things in my life have failed me on occasion, but He has never failed me. He has never given up on me. He's never not given me what I need to make it in this Christian life. He has anointed me. He has called me. He has blessed me. Why would I want to disconnect myself from the source of true life, of eternal hope? This life might fail me but I have eternal hope and eternal life flowing through me because I am connected to the real and true vine. You know, we know this um, verse in Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
Are we producing this fruit? This is the evidence of us abiding in Him. And remember, Jesus is the Word. We must abide in the Word. We must remain faithful and committed to reading the Word. That is what, like I prayed over Lily this morning, that is what um, allows you to determine what is truth and what is a lie. In 1 John 2, 24, it says, As for you, let that remain in you, keeping in your hearts that message of salvation, which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning remains in you, you will remain in the Son and in the Father forever. So what you need to do, as I might get Matt and the worship team to come up, keep in your hearts. This is how you remain, 1 John says. Keeping in your hearts that message of salvation. Don't give up on the true vine. And maybe you're here this morning and you go, oh, I've never even given my life to Jesus. The message of salvation is this, that God loved you so deeply and so purely that He knew within yourself you'd never make it, that sin would always trip you up like it does for all of us. So the plan was to send His one and only Son, Jesus, to die upon the cross so that you and I could be forgiven of our sin and brought back into right relationship with the Father because our sin had separated us from Him. And the only way of bridging that divide is to confess that you believe in Jesus. And that is the message of salvation. That is the truth of what we read in the Word and our abiding in Him, our sticking it out with Jesus, of remaining close to the vine, of surrendering to the farmer. Maybe that's for you today. Surrender to the farmer. Stop fighting His work, even though it's hard, even though it's difficult, even though it hurts and it's uncomfortable. Believe today that it's producing in you amazing fruit, fruit to last. Like Dan shared this morning in the baby dedication, child dedication, fruit to feed your family. I wanna pick the fruit. I wanna tell my daughter all of her life about the miracle working power of Jesus that brought her into my world. I wanna pick fruit to feed Oliver, to tell him that life wasn't going his way, that his family couldn't care for him, but God saw him. Even being formed within his, mother womb, his mother's womb, God saw him and knew him and called him out and made a way for him to belong to a family. I wanna pick that fruit. If I'm not connected to the vine, I don't have that good, healthy, nourishing fruit. I wanna pick that fruit to give to my husband on days when he's feeling down, on days when he's wondering about the, the vision and the direction of the church. I wanna be able to pick fruit that doesn't come from me, that comes from the source of all life, which is Jesus. Because in and of myself, I don't have a whole lot to offer. But when I'm connected to Him, I wanna pick the fruit to give to my friends at work who are struggling, who are going to the psychics and the clairvoyance because they're so curious about things in their life. I wanna pick the fruit of prophecy to give them to say, this is what God says about your life and your circumstances. I wanna pick the fruit for the stranger at the shop, which I identify, which go, 
oh, look, they're counting every single cent to be able to buy that. I wanna pick the fruit of provision to provide for them. That is what abiding produces within you. So today, surrender to the Father. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Thank you.